0: Hi there, I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation where we deconstruct some of the different parts of our lives and examine them so that we can, at the end of the conversation, put them back together and live lives with a little more appreciation, perhaps? or simply feel like we're doing a better job of living the kind of life, the kind of lives that we want to live and of being the kind of people that we want to be. It's funny how conversations progress. I was thinking about last week's conversation that it was a little disjointed, a little scattered. Like I wasn't quite sure where I was going Or what I thought about the things that I was saying. And that's a true perception. I thought about it over the course of the week. And and realized that, yeah, I had kind of um, come to some pause points in some of the thoughts that I'd been thinking over the past few weeks. Um, Some of the topics that I had talked about were life and death and the pursuit of truth Um, in choosing your battles but choosing a battle I talked about the scientific mindset and the perspective that we all have I talked about the beliefs that we form and how those contribute to the choices that we make I talked about the wisdom and the knowledge that we all have in us based on the experiences that we've had so far in our lives based on Our unique place in the world in the universe and and those are thoughts that have been brewing for some time that I've been ruminating on and rolling around in my head and I felt like last week I was departing into new territory and conversations where you're doing that are a little more directionless You're feeling your way through them. You're not sure where you're going to end up. And I felt like that was the kind of conversation that we had last week. And I thought that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just going to be the way conversations in the Dead Man's Forest go from time to time. We will uncover new territory occasionally, especially when input comes from you. When I'm talking about the things that you have brought up. In the conversation. But earlier I said that it's funny how conversations proceed and the reason I said that is because as I was thinking this week about the new topics of conversation for today's recording, I thought that they were new. I thought that they were some new thoughts that I had had this week and once again wasn't quite sure what to do with them or where to go or whether they were important or whether talking about them would, either, would even take us down a path that was worthwhile. But since they were the thoughts that I had, they wanted to be shared in the dead man's forest. And then as I was driving up to the mountain, as I do every week, I listened again to last week's recording, to last week's conversation And I realized that the thoughts that I had had this week tied into it almost perfectly. And so it's funny how the conversation in the Dead Man's Forest continues in my life even when I'm not necessarily aware of it. The thoughts continue to work their way down whatever paths they will do that down. And that seems important, worth making note of. So last week, last week we talked about how we human beings and all things that exist are, we have the ability to create and to destroy both. And so last week we talked a little bit about those, the ability that we have to do those things, but we also talked about those things themselves. And the ability to create and destroy lives in us on a biological level. We can create new life through sex, through giving our DNA, a piece of our DNA, to another person and combining it with theirs to create a new human being and we can destroy simply by consuming food our digestive systems are like our reproductive systems parts of our body grown from our dna that are designed to destroy creation and destruction live in us in our very genes but they also can live in our behaviors. We, we often work to create new things in our lives, to create new opportunities for ourselves by going to school or starting new jobs or starting businesses or making art. There are many, many things that we can create in our lives that don't come directly from our genes, but from our minds. And similarly, there are many things that people destroy. There are relationships that we sabotage, on a on a small level, and on a big level, there are crimes committed, like murder, um, or even worse, like genocide. Those are huge works of destruction that human beings are capable of wreaking. And and similarly from The smallest things that we can see, up to the very biggest things in the universe, most things are engaging in both creation and destruction. Any life that you can point to, no matter how small, does the same kinds of things that we do, in that it reproduces and it somehow consumes. But even inanimate objects participate in this process of creation and destruction the sun itself is a giant nuclear explosion burning off massive massive amounts of hydrogen and helium destroying those elements and creating other elements within its its internal furnace and even while doing that it's blasting out heat and light into the solar system and allowing all of the life that we see around us to exist. So even things like stars participate in both creation and destruction. And perhaps those two things, creation and destruction, aren't opposites, aren't at war with one another, but are two sides of the same coin. The destroying of things enables the creation of other things. When we consume food, it gives us the ability to have children, to create new people. The creation of new things depends on the destruction of other things. And it goes the other way too. Without things having been created, there would be nothing to destroy. Creation and destruction, it seems, are simply two pieces of change and everything changes. And if we are to participate in living, in existing, then we must participate in that process of change. I would say that it is my hope for myself and for you that we can create more than we destroy. But I don't honestly know if I think that's possible. If creation and destruction are both parts of change and change is always happening, can we truly measure the value of what we do by how much we create versus how much we destroy? I don't know. But I I do think that we can find meaning and purpose in trying to create good things, whether or not we succeed, that work seems important and valuable. And I hope that the Dead Man's Forest is a place where such work can happen. Earlier I talked about how the conversation continued even when I didn't realize that it did. And this week, I have been thinking about imagination. And particularly, I was trying to figure out when and where and how imagination plays a role in our lives. Recent neuroscience research hints to us that when we remember things, when we engage in the act of remembering things that happened to us in our past, our brains are... Fundamentally, doing nothing different than what they do when we imagine something that has never happened. So, if memory is nothing more than imagination, then it seems in a strange way that our minds don't know that the past used to exist, that they cannot differentiate between what happened in the past and what has never happened because the only way they have to interact with either of those things is through the same process of imagination. And I wondered whether or not that had anything to say about the present moment. Are we conscious or do we simply imagine that we are? Is all of this happening? Does all of the stuff that I see around me truly exist? Or do I just imagine that it does? I mean, the the answer to that question seems obvious. Of course, something exists. It seems self-evident that that is true. And yet, what is going on inside my mind when I look at it? Am I perceiving it? for what it truly is or am I simply imagining it to be based on the experiences that I've had in my past based on the other imaginings that my mind is doing of the things that happened in my past and I don't know the answer and I don't know if there is an answer to how much of reality is real and how much of it is perception how much of it is made up Perhaps we'll never find an answer, but what I wonder is whether or not considering that question is valuable. It may be, like I talked about earlier, one of those paths of conversation that ends up nowhere, but we can't know whether or not this path of conversation will go somewhere unless we follow it. So, let's break this down a little bit. It seems clear to me that imagination cannot impact the present moment. That no matter how hard I try to imagine this pine cone right here bursting into flames, it won't happen. I don't have that kind of leverage over the present moment. But imagination also works into the future. And we can imagine things that could be, and things that might be, and we can work to bring those things about or to try to prevent them, which is an interesting difference. An interesting new take on the creation and destruction that we talked about last week and earlier this week. So, while I may not be able to light that pine cone on fire simply by imagining it so, I do know how to make fire with matches or a lighter or some more primitive methods if I'm a caveman. And if I decide that that pine cone should be lit on fire, I can do it. And if I were to do that, would that not be my imagination causing something to happen? My imagination bringing something into existence, causing something to be that had not been before. In that way, Imagination can shape the world around us in that we can see a path from where we are in the present moment to a present moment where we are accomplishing something that we want to accomplish. Some work of creation or destruction. It works on a small scale like lighting a pine cone on fire. It works on a small scale Of deciding that you want to listen to a particular song and then going and bringing it up on Spotify. But from little things come big things and we can also imagine bigger things. That song that you're listening to on Spotify was written by a musical artist who imagined the song and did the work to create it. Perhaps they're in a band And the members of that band collectively imagined what the band would be, what kind of music it would write, what instruments they would play, how good they would get at playing those instruments, what kind of shows they would go to, what kind of record label they would sign, bigger and bigger and bigger imaginings. People have imagined huge things, businesses and corporations that span the globe, vehicles that take us to outer space, governments, and organizations involving tens or hundreds of thousands of people, or even more. All of those things that exist, that people have created, started in the imagination of one or more people. And this is where it starts to get hard for me, because in addition to all of those things that we've created, Some people have imagined great works of destruction. The quintessential, perhaps cliche example, is any genocide. The Holocaust during World War II. Those terrible events were first dreamed up in the head of a human being. And we condemn them, of course. But the works of creation that I mentioned earlier must have had in them seeds of destruction as well because we know that creation and destruction happen together. We've talked about it anyway. And so as we as individuals and as a group imagine ourselves into the future, I want to say that I hope that we imagine more creation than destruction but I don't yet know what that means or the extent to which it's possible. And also we have to keep in mind that sometimes reality throws us for a loop. Sometimes the things that we expect don't happen. And sometimes things that we don't expect do happen. And so that that planning which is really just imagining a future and working to bring it about. That planning is a constant process, a constant negotiation with the things that reality delivers to us. Reality offered me a pine cone on the forest floor to make my analogy. And so the idea that I created started from what was already there. And I think that's always true. And so the work that we do to imagine and to plan and to create is always based on the world that we find ourselves in, part of which was created for us by the people who came before. There are things that we cannot think because they simply aren't available to us. It is theorized that if you lived in medieval Europe that it would have been impossible for you to be anything other than a Catholic because you would never have encountered the idea that any other thing was possible. We like to think that we have some measure of control over our lives, over ourselves, over our beliefs over who we are. And yet, the range of things that we can imagine has mostly been delivered to us on a plate, and it's the world around us. And as I say that, I feel that it sounds despairing, like, oh, woe is us, we don't, we don't really have any control over who we are or what we become. But something in me resists that idea and says that it's wrong. And I'm not sure that I can articulate exactly what that is or why that is. But perhaps it's just a matter of degree or comparison. To mourn the fact that you do not have more control than you do have is to give up the control that you do have if you make excuses for yourself and say, oh, I can't be not Catholic if I were in medieval Europe, is to become so focused on what doesn't exist that you lose your ability and your chance to create something that could exist. Keeping in mind that those things that you create will be the world that surrounds the people of the future. I believe what I believe today, and I'm not a Catholic, (laughs) by the way, but I am able to believe what I believe because of much work that many people did between the Middle Ages in Europe and today. And that is the work that I hope to continue to engage in, to create possibilities and ideas for future people to engage with. To me, that seems like a worthwhile goal. And that's why I come here to the forest. And that's why I have this conversation in the dead man's forest. And I hope that you feel in some way the same. Your plan for your life is what you will create, whether it be a small decision of what you're going to eat for lunch today, or a big decision of when to have kids and buy a house, when to retire or change jobs, when to move to a new place, when to start a relationship or end a relationship you are engaged in creating your life on a moment-by-moment basis if our lives can be measured by weighing what we have created against what we have destroyed then I hope that you take as many opportunities as you find to create new things that you think will make the world a better place for us all and for all things. Thank you for listening to The Dead Man's Forest today. Thank you for imagining that you wanted to listen to this week's conversation. You are valuable because you are the only you that there is and you are the only one that can bring the gifts that you have been given to the world. So thank you for being here. Thank you for participating in the conversation. If you want to do more than just participate by listening, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at deadmansforest1, that's the number one, not the word. Or you can send us a message on deadmansforest.org, where you can also download each conversation that we have had. And if you choose, share them with people you know, who you think would find them valuable. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.